Four lines into the page. We're back to the Machloikas between Rav Meir and Rav Chanina ben Gamliel, whether every Tanai needs to be called Tanai ben Gabriel Ruben. Rav Meir Shita is the first stipulation to be legitimate. It has to be, you have to say the positive and the negative. If you do this, then A. And if not, then you don't get it. If you just say the positive without the negative, or the negative without the positive, it doesn't work. Rechanin Regamliel disagrees. So now we're going through Tanakh, finding examples where the Torah either does like Rav Meir, where it says the positive and the negative. The question is, why does it do that? According to Rechanin Regamliel. Or it doesn't do that, and it follows Rechanin Regamliel. Then it just picks one without the other. And the question is, why does it need to do that? So the Gemara says like this, According to Rechanin Regamliel, who again? For a Tanai to be legitimate, you do not have to describe both sides. You could describe the positive, and I'll figure out the negative, and vice versa. So the Pasuk says regarding a Saita, The Pasuk says that the woman accepts upon herself an oath, that if she did not commit adultery, she's innocent. Now the Pasuk does not describe what happens if she did live with someone. This is an example where she's only describing one half. She is saying, all she's saying is, I did not live with this person, and therefore I'm innocent. And I'm able to infer that if she did, then she's guilty. But it doesn't say that. So why doesn't it say it? According to Meir, shouldn't it say what happens if she's guilty? It should say, if if you don't live with your uh, live with someone, if you did not commit adultery, you're innocent. And if you did, you'll get killed. So why doesn't it say? So the Gemara answers, The word hinaki, which is an interesting way, because it's, it's, it's trying to say you're innocent, which is, first of all, a weird Lashen. You could say Potter, you could say or whatever. The fact that it picked this Lashen and it specifically picked it without a Yud. Hinaki could be spelled with a Yud or without a Yud. It's written without a Yud. That way it could really be interpreted as hinaki or Chinaki, you shall be strangled. So the truth is, the Pasuk is actually saying two things. The Pasuk is saying, if you're innocent, if you didn't live with someone, you're innocent. But because it says Hinaki, it's written Hinaki, you could actually read it as as Chinki, meaning, if you didn't live with someone, you're innocent, Chinaki, but you could also be killed if you did live with someone. So because it's written with that ambiguous Lashen, you're supposed to sort of interpret it as the positive and the negative. It says the positive, you'll be innocent, but it's written Hinaki without a Yud, that could be read Chinaki to say... I'm innocent, but I could also be guilty. So it alludes to the second half. So it's not exactly like Rameir doesn't have the full Lashen of the second half, but it alludes to it. So the Gemara says, now now that you're saying that Hinaki is written this way for Rameir, and therefore the Pasuk is written, you're innocent, but it says Hinaki to allude that you could be guilty if you did live with someone. So that's an allusion to Rameir. So now the question is, according to Rameir, why did it pick this Lashen of Hinaki? Why did it pick that lashon? It was needed. You might think that really it is alluding to both. So the question is why would Rechanim Gamliel feel it's necessary? The answer is because the pasuk you, you could say like this: You could say that if you did not commit adultery, you're innocent. But if you did, maybe you're not innocent. You won't you won't be punished. You won't you won't you're not innocent, but you won't be punished. Meaning maybe there's no punishment for this. Kamash Malan. Kamash Malan that there is a punishment. 
It's interesting. I mean, there is a chiv misa. I'm not sure. Okay, to look into that. Writer. According to our mayor, that every time the Torah describes a situation, I have to describe both options. This is what it means when it describes if someone's tummy mace, right? It says you can't eat carbonus until, until uh, you can't eat carbonus until you're, um, until you have paraduma water sprinkled on you on day three and day seven. The pasuk says, right? "You'll be sprinkled on day three and day seven. You'll be pure." Stop. And if not, you're not pure. That's Mamish or Meir. That you have to describe every option. You have to describe if you're sprinkled, you're pure. And if you're not sprinkled, you're not pure. It's Mamish like Rameir. So the Gemara says, According to Rechanin Gamliel, why does the Pasuk have to describe? And if you don't sprinkle, you're not pure. I can be able to figure it out. The reason why the second part of the Pasuk is necessary, says Rechanin Gamliel, You might think that when the Pasuk says to sprinkle three and seven, that's L'chachila. L'chachila, you should sprinkle three and seven. And let's say you just sprinkle three, Yoytzezayn. It still works. Kamash no, the Pasuk is saying, you have to sprinkle day three and day seven, and if you don't sprinkle day three, you're not Yoytzez at all. Okay? Now that we're saying that that's what the point of the Pasuk is, Sprinkle day three and day seven, and if you don't sprinkle day three and seven, you're not yotze. There's another pasuk. He's al The pasuk says the same thing again, and you sprinkle on a tahar person day three and day seven. Whoa. I'm sorry, you sprinkle on a tummy person day three and day seven. What do you need that for? I already know that it has to be day three and day seven, and I also know that if you deviate from day three and day seven, you're not yotze. It's salka that chamina shlishu lemute shein shvi lemute shishi to come my metahara. I might think about just at the first pasuk, it has to be day three and day seven. Unless you do day two and day six, no good. Day three and day seven. Maybe the reason why day two and day six are no good is because you have to be at least tame for a week. You need a, it's a seven day process. So maybe the issue with day two and day six, day six is not that it's the wrong days, it's that you can't be Tahar on day 6, because it's a 7 day process so let's say you did day 2 and day 8 yeah, it's fine, because you've been Tameh for a full week Kamash will know, the Pasuk says 3 and 7 are Le'ikuva, okay one more Pasuk, there's another Pasuk that says that you have to sprinkle on day 3 and day 7, what do you need that one? the answer is Itzrich all these drushes till now are talking that you need day three and day seven. If you only have one, or if you have the wrong days, you're not yotze. I might say that's only to be tahar for kachim, but to be tahar to eat truma, maybe day three alone is enough. Kamashmal and no, the pasuk says a second time, a third time, fourth time, whatever. Day three and day seven to tell you that all those halachas that apply to kachim apply to truma as well. <coughs> okay, Mishnah. Hamakadosh is isha. If you marry a woman, Bamar. Now, you never stipulated at the time of the marriage that she has to be a kehenes, has to be a levia. Stop. You married her, stop. You were under the impression she's a baskayan. She's not. But it was never stipulated. You say, isi, she I thought she was a baskayan, very levia, she's a baslevi. Or levia, very kehenes. I thought she was a baslevi, she's a baskayan. I thought she was poor and she's rich. Ashir or vice versa. And you say, I wouldn't have married. It's The answer is, it's, it's a good condition. Why? You never stipulated. The average person that's it's not a blemish to the point that uh, she, that, uh, that the marriage is off. Ah, you thought that she was a Baskayan. Well, okay, she never tricked you. That's what you thought. You're wrong. Okay, new topic, and that is it's called Davish Loy which is for you to Makadish Anisha. She has to be eligible right now. If she's not eligible right now, 
It doesn't work. You go to a woman and you say, You're a guy, and you give her the ring. A guy can't marry a Jew. But you say, When I convert. I'm not Jewish now, but I'm going to be Jewish in a week. Let's do it. Or she's not Jewish, and the same thing. Or he's a non Jewish slave, and it's a type of conversion. Or she's a non Jewish slave. You go to a married woman and you say, After your husband dies. Or you're married to her sister and you say, After your sister dies. <coughs> or a woman is waiting to do Yib, uh, to do Yib or Chalitza. And you say, Listen, After you do Chalitza. All of these are in They all don't work. Why? Because right now she's not Roy. It's like it's like a It doesn't exist right now. She's not an eligible woman. So you can't make it that it's eligible later. It doesn't work. It's double shalom below. The rest of the Mishnah. We'll do one more line. You also can't go over to a guy whose wife uh, and say, "When your wife becomes pregnant, gives birth to a girl, I'm marrying her now." It doesn't work. She doesn't exist yet. The rest of the Mishnah will skip. It's, it's, it's it shouldn't be printed here. It's more from the Gemara. Okay, starting the Gemara. It's not Hassan. The Allah by Truma is that a plant that is still growing from the ground is not chayv and trumas and meisers, and therefore you can't separate from gra- from stalks that are cut cannot be separated from stalks that are growing because they're not mechayv right now. The halach is tanan hasim. There's a mishnah in trumas. Ain tarmim al You cannot separate truma from cut produce for produce that's still attached to the ground. Vimtara, and if you did, in Trumas Truma does not work. Because again, if it's attached to the ground, it's not Machuyiv in Trumas So you cannot separate, cut produce, and say, this should be Truma for the stuff that's growing. Stuff that's growing is not Machuyiv yet. So you didn't accomplish anything. So it's not Truma. Okay. Because it's Dabr Shalab Kasha. What if a person says like this? Paris aruga zutulushim yet truma al Paris aruga zemuchubarim. Paris aruga zemuchubarim yet truma al Paris aruga zutulushim likeshe yitlushu v'nitlushu mahu. Let's say you have stalks that are cut. We just said you cannot say they're truma for the stalks that are growing. What if you say, when I cut the stalks that are growing, I want it to work. So, well, we just had it in our Mishnah that if it's not eligible right now, it doesn't work. So while it's growing, it's not eligible. Why would this be different? The difference is, it's in my ability to cut it. Right? It's not eligible because it's growing from the ground. I could just... It's in my hands to do it. So maybe this concept of that it has to be eligible, maybe it doesn't actually have to be eligible, but it has to be within my ability to make it eligible. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan says, anything that's in your power to make it eligible, that's, that's not, uh, it's not considered... Uh, missing an action, that's considered fine. As long as it's biyadai, that's fine. Okay. Right here in the Gemara. Hey, so you're telling me that but as long as it's within your ability, it's considered you could do it right now. So our whole Mishnah were things that are not effective because they're not eligible. But I'll tell you outside, you'll see it inside. One of the cases of the Mishnah is a non-Jewish guy goes over to a girl and he says, when I convert, I want to marry you. Now the Gemara, it doesn't work. Now the Gemara assumes at first that conversion is in his ability, right? He'll just dip in the mikvah. 
So why doesn't it work? So you see that Davish al applies even if it's Biyadah. So Gemara is Eisve, I'm in Leisha. All these cases, any any mekudeshes. Now, bishloim akula. I understand most of the cases, Most of them, not eligible right now, and I can't change it. Right? You go to a married woman and say, "I'll marry you when your husband dies." Not, not eligible right now. She's not single, and it's not in your hands to make her single. Elager have but conversion is in his power. He's saying, "When I convert, I'm going to marry you." So why doesn't that work? That if it's biyada, it's considered eligible. So the answer is ger nami The answer is conversion is also not in your ability. Why you need a bezdin? Who says the bezdin will uh, convert you? I mean, the Gemara at first was thinking that maybe you don't really need a bezdin, or maybe that uh, it's not considered a big impediment. The answer is no, a bezdin. It's not so posh to get a bezdin to convert somebody. Go the next page. Ger tsaruch A convert needs three people to be on the bezdin. My time a mishpach because it says regarding. Geiris uh, mishpat uh, a judgment kedin has to be like any other judgment, and therefore Who says you're going to get three people to sign off on it? And because that's the case, it's not biyade. Okay, According to you, if you accept Rav Yechonin's opinion that anything that's biyade is considered eligible, you go to a non-Jewish slave, your non-Jewish slave, who you could free. You give her a ring and say, When you become free, you're married to me. What's the halacha? It doesn't work, because she's not eligible. Oh, but why not? It's in your hands. You could definitely free her. So the answer is, The answer is, While if something is eligible, we make it considered, while something is in your hands, we make it eligible, it's only true for something that's not completely changed. Like truma is growing from the ground, you cut it, so it's not growing from the ground. This this woman before she converts, she's a guy. A guy to a Jew is a different world. It's such a different ma'isa that even though it's biyadai, it's not considered eligible. Okay. Ella hadamar Okay. Another question. A nice and brutal ishtai. You go to your wife, your wife, for some reason. You give your wife a ring and say, When I divorce you, I want to be married again. What's the halacha? It doesn't work because she's not, she's not single right now. But why? It's in your ability to divorce her. You can divorce her against her will. So why doesn't it work? The answer is, The answer is, It's not fully in your hands because you need both parties. Anytime you need someone else's das to take care of something, it's not considered biyadah. She's not eligible, but we said it's biyadah, right? Because you could divorce her. The answer is, but you can't marry her without her das. Anytime, even though she's willing right now, but she could change her mind, anytime you need two parties to do something, it's not considered biyadah. Biyadah has to be that it's completely within your hands. And while divorce is in your hands, marrying her is not, because you need her rotsin. And therefore, because you need someone else's rotsin, it's not considered eligible. So we just got finished saying, just Agav, if you go to your wife, who's married, and say, when I divorce you, we should be married, you give her a ring, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says, okay, so that's when you're married to her. Now Rav Oishia once had a kasha. I think we should now answer the question Rav Oishia once asked. What did he ask? Rav Oishia asked the following question. Rav Oishia asked, 
You go to a single woman, not your wife. You go to a single woman, you give her two rings. You say, one is, I want to marry you now. And then when I divorce you, I want to marry you a second time. Rav Yishe says, it doesn't work. He wasn't sure. Isn't that very similar to what Rav Yechon just said, which does not work? Which is, you go to your wife and you say, when I divorce, you give her a ring and say, when I divorce you, I want to marry you. That doesn't work. So wouldn't it make sense in this case also? You go to a single girl, you give her two rings, you say, also the shouldn't work. They're both incredibly similar. So the Gemara says, so Rav Yishe wasn't sure what the halacha is, but shouldn't we answer from here that it does not work? What's the difference? The answer is, the difference is this uh, Rav Yechon's case is not as bad as that is not as is more clear as that in that case. Rav Yechon's case, the woman is married right now. She's your wife. She's not eligible for marriage. You give her a ring and you say, "When I divorce you, I want to marry you." That doesn't work. It's, it's not eligible. But over here, you're going to a single girl. And you're giving her two rings. You're saying, "One, I want you to marry her now." Eligible, it works. And then you say, "And when I divorce you, I want you to marry." Maybe that works. Why? Because by the wife, she's not eligible at all. So there's no condition to be typhus. Once nothing takes effect, nothing's going to take effect. Over here, the first marriage proposal works. So then you could argue, once the first one works, can sign the second one also work? Efsher. Okay. Now, up to now, we're saying Rav Yechon and Shita, which is Rav Yechon and Shita is, that as long as it's biyadai, as long as it's in your hands to do it, it doesn't have to be, it makes it eligible. Tanik Vasir Rav Yechonon. Ein tarmim in al-talashalam Rav Yechon said, you know to separate truma from cut produce for produce that's still attached to the ground. Tarmim in chumas truma, if he did, it doesn't work. Ketzad, what's an example? Amar peris arugazu tolushin yitruma, al peris arugazu mechubarais, peris arugazu mechubarais yitruma, al peris arugazu tolushin, le'amar klum. Avalamar, but if you say, likesha yitzushu, but if you say, I don't want it to take effect now, because if it takes effect now, it's not going to work. You say, listen, when I cut the stalks, I want it to work. The halacha is, and it works. Why? Because this is a proof to Rav Yechon that as long as it's biyaday, I can cut it, as long as it's biyaday, then it's considered eligible. Now this is all going in the Tanakama who believes that you cannot uh, make a Kenyan on something that does not exist, and Rav Yechon's point is that as long as it's biyaday, it's eligible, but it has to be eligible. Yes, I can Rav ben Yaakov. Rav ben Yaakov disagrees. Rav ben Yaakov holds which is, you could make a transaction on something that does not yet exist. So it doesn't even have to be eligible. Let's say you have grain that's growing, but it's not grown to a third yet, so it's not chayv and shumas and maizus. Allah is that it's only chayv and shumas and maizus when it reaches a third of its maturity. So it has not reached a third yet. And you say, when it reaches a third, and I cut it, I want it to work. Allah is it works. I... It's not biyaday because right now it's not you, you. It's not eligible, and it's not in your ability to make it eligible because you can't make things grow. What's the halach? It works because Here's the question: the question is when Rebbe Lezer Yaakov says that you could be makin something that does not yet exist. Does it have to be chashiv at all right now, or it could be like mamish nothing? And so he said you could separate right now truma for something that will grow to a third. The question is, does it have to grow at all right now? said his shita only for crops that at least is enough to feed as fodder. Meaning, when it reaches a third. 
says you could separate Truman now for when it reaches the third, because you can be Makadavashal below. The question is, does he say it even if it doesn't exist yet, or it has to still be a little bit? So this is Rava. It still has to be Choshev. It has to be that right now you could feed it as fodder. So it's not a third yet. Let's say it's a tenth. It has to be something. Avabagam. But if it's in the Agam stage, where it's not even fodder yet, lo, it's not Choshev at all, it's not eligible. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says no. You could be makim davar shabaloylam even if it's in the agam stage. It's not even chashav at all. It works. It's a machloikis. Rav and Rav Yosef. When Rav Elazar Yaakov would say hashita, Rav Elazar Yaakov, according to Rav Elazar Yaakov, would only say hashita if it's at least in a chashav stage right now. And Rav Yosef would say no. He would say it in all situations. My mashat hay agam lishad disibultu. We said the word agam implies an early stage of growth. How do I know that? Am Rav Elazar Damakro halokayf baagamayin roishay. You bow your head like a like a bulrush. Okay. Um, Agamayin over here means a bulrush, which the way they translate in Ra- from Rashi, it means that it could be bent over. So it's not, it's it's not even, um, it's not strong enough to even be developed at all. It's still swaying. Okay. Fine. So the machleig is Rabbi Rav Yosef. When Rav Elazar Yaakov would say Hashita of other makadavish b'loylam, would he say it? Even if it's not chashav at all, or only when it's a little chashav. So come on, Azal Hatatanya. So now let's take that machloikas and plug in the following Mishnah. The Mishnah says, You go to a guy and you say, If your wife will give birth to a girl, I want to marry me. It doesn't work. Rav Hanina says, It only doesn't work because the wife's not pregnant yet. So how do you even know that she's going to be pregnant? But if she's already pregnant, it works. You could be Makadish the girl, you can Makadish the, the fetus. Now the question is, that's following Ravos ben Yaakov. Your makna, she doesn't yet exist yet. And yet it works. So who is the author? Kiman. So the Gemara says, It could be both Rav and Rav Yosef. If it's like Rav who feels, that Ravos ben Yaakov would say his shita, that you could be makna something that does not yet fully exist. But it has to be chashiv. So, kishuhukar ubra. It has to be that the woman's pregnancy, she's already showing. Or it could be Rav Yosef who says that you could be even when it's not yet showing. Even when it's not chashev, so the woman is not showing yet. And some have a different version of this version of Rabba. That according to this, the Gemara says like this. Some have a different version of Rabbah, and they says, According to this version, both agree that it has to be at least the stage of fodder. So both agree that it has to be chashiv. So what's the machlaikas between Rabbah and Yosef? The question is, it's reaching the stage of fodder, but Rabbah says, A, it needs to be chashiv, has to be fodder stage. Also, it has to be on rainwater. But crops that are in the fodder stage that are growing in an irrigation canal loy. Apparently, um, if it just needs rainwater, meaning basically it could survive easily. If it's a type of grain that needs irrigation, there's a chance that it won't get enough water. So according to Rabbah, it has to be chashiv, and it has to be likely to grow. 
To that, Rav Yosef says, "No, feel the is the Rav Yosef says, "No, it has to be chashiv. It doesn't have to be that like it's one hundred percent sure that it's going to finish the growth as long as it's chashiv." So, according to this version, they both agree that it has to be chashiv. So now we're going to we reinterpret that Mishnah. It has to be according to everyone that the woman's uh, pregnancy is showing. According to this version, everyone agrees. That the woman has to be showing because everyone agrees that for Rebbe Lozman Yaakov to say Yeshita, it has to be that on Dabra Chashiv. I will stop here.